Hello there, superstars. His name is Aaron, and his hair is longer than yours. His name's Tommy, and he's now available to own on VHS and DVD. And you are listening to the Superpod Saga. Hello. Welcome back. Welcome, superstars. Welcome here. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to our wonderful voices. This is the Superpod Saga with Aaron and Tommy and guests who we'll get to later. If you are a first-time listener, welcome. Thank you for listening. This is the podcast where Aaron and me and a guest uh, bring a different topic to the table every week related to video games, and we talk about it until there's nothing left to talk about, and then we'll never bring it up again because we're going to exhaust every single video game topic. Yeah, that's right. Don't even try to ask us about it because we'll be all passive-aggressive about it. Be like, I don't know. We're very good at being passive-aggressive. Yeah, we are. <laughs> we're, we're not alone today in being passive-aggressive. We've got a special guest with us, and his name is Chris Copeland from Retro Hangover Podcast. Hi, Chris. Hey, how's it going? Happy to be here. How are you? About, how are, ah, I can't even talk. How are you guys doing? Oh, we can't talk either. We're, do- we're doing good, though. Thank I'm, among, you. I'm among your company, then. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be mumbling and stumbling for three hours. Hell yeah. Sweet. That's why um, I do best. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for being here. I'm excited to talk to you about video game related things. Why don't you tell the listeners at home uh, who who are you? What what podcast do you do and what video games do you like? Well, I'm Chris Copeland, as you heard. I am from the Retro Hangover podcast. We are a retro video game review podcast where we typically take a game and then we talk about our personal experiences, uh, the game story, the gameplay, the music, the graphics, and then we decide whether or not the game holds up today. And we only talk about games that are at least 10 years or older. That's our benchmark. And it's becoming quite depressing because yes. as we get older, we start. I started looking at some of the games we're looking to do next year. And some of the games that came up, like... Um, was it i looked up uh, batman arkham asylum and oh my gosh game oh, turned 15 Jesus. next year <laughs> no <Yeah. laughs> no that's what i was thinking i was like oh 10 years that's that's totally fair but also ouch <laughs> exactly and uh we, we've been typically been doing older games recently but yeah that's that's us it's me and my my partner shane and we just talk about uh you know these these old games and have a good time with it that's fun. I, I like that you uh, describe if it holds up or not, because that is a major factor because, you know, everyone has those rose tinted glasses about their favorite games. But actually being like, does this still hold up years later? That's an important question. It, it, it is because like a lot of people go back and they're like, oh, yeah, like I love uh, game X. I I love like Final Fantasy eight. And then they play it today <laughs> and they're like, oh, uh. Uh, I, I'm still going to say I love it because if I don't, I'm going to look like an asshole. Yeah. But uh, uh, they really don't. I mean, never. no one ever really did like Final Fantasy VIII, but that's that's a different topic for a different time. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's me with Pokemon Yellow right now. I found a Game Boy Pocket at a, at a store a few weeks ago, and so I threw my pocket or copy of Pokemon Yellow in there, and I'm like, oh, boy, this is much tougher than, than the current Pokemon games. Wowzers. <laughs> I mean, it was easy when we were kids, though, right? Yeah, so yeah, because we had all the time in the world to just grind forever. Oh, of course. Now I'm an yeah. adult with bills to pay. I don't have time to grind. We need to make a game that you can pay your bills, and then everything would just you know, come together. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Unless it's an NFT game, then it can go far. Oh, yeah. No, Damn, no, thank that's you. That's what I was going to say. Son of a bitch. Say it. Say it anyways. 
I mean, I don't know one in particular. I was just going to say, yeah, unless it's a game where, where it's all about NFTs or like crypto mining, and then bam, you know, you've, you've made like what, two dollars? Good one, Aaron. Negative. Very original joke. Love it. Uh, <laughs> but you spent two hundred. But you, you end up with two. You but pocket. you have a nice JPEG. Other people can. JPEG. <laughs> It'll make a great thumbnail sometime. Yeah. <laughs> Someday. I'm so happy I haven't met anyone in real life who's who's into NFTs. Everyone I know oh, in I real have. life just jokes about it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, I remember. I so like I, I worked in the Navy and mm. I was came to a new command and we were out to lunch like in the first year. And these these people are really cool, by the way. I don't yeah. mean oh, to yeah. like look down on them, but I was sitting there and they're like, "You're into games?" I'm like, "Yeah, man, I like games." Hey, if you go on to your, your mobile phone and download this video game, it's pretty cool. I'm like, oh, what's it about? And they're like, oh, it's an NFT game. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> you guys. I am not no. playing it. It's like, you, you can get in the ground level now, man, and start making <laughs> some cash. I'm like, no. This is, uh, you have fun with that? Uh, that's not the kind of game I'm going to be playing. Another day, another nickel. Of course. And, uh,. <laughs> This was before everything crashed, and as mm. soon as the NFTs crashed, I would give them constant reminders like, "Hey, how's how's your NFT? How's your NFT game going? How are you doing? How's the market looking?" Oh, bro, it, it looks like crap. I'm like, "Oh, never could have seen that coming." That so Shoot. sorry. That's unfortunate. So sorry. How are those Doge coins, you bitch? I think Doge is actually doing pretty well right now. I don't. Oh know. shit. Yeah, Aaron. Gosh. I take that back. Fuck. <laughs> thing is becomes it's the new logo of twitter yeah that's right oh, that, oh, yeah. that did happen. oh man okay. twitter twitter Ooh. speaking of uh speaking of things that are failing <laughs> our our topic for today is uh the best features of failed game consoles i think this will be fun because uh aaron and i try to keep a positive focus on video games because we like video games and the joy that they bring our lives and the the community around video games can get unnecessarily negative at times so we just want to kind of counter that but at no. the same time uh there are, it, it's worth it to talk about failed consoles so i want to talk about the best parts of failed consoles and and see see where we go with that does that sound good to everyone does that sound fun yep it does I'm putting, yes i'm putting my seatbelt on right now good good everyone put their seatbelts on get your helmets on this is going to be a ride uh so i guess since this is my topic, I'll start, and what? I I'm gonna say uh, the the initial we could say a lot of things about this console, but I just want to start with the initial graphics of the Dreamcast because yes. when it released, it released a couple of years before it was a year or two before everything else. I want to say, and it it just looked nuts. Those graphics were nuts, like that that orca whale jumping, the killer whale jumping over Sonic. I was like, this is the best mm -hmm. graphics will ever look, ever. And I still maintain sure. that. I, I just, it's, it's, uh, cause like now when you look back at the Dreamcast, you're like, oh yeah, that's a old game graphics. But back then it was like a, a, a cut beyond. Do you, do you remember seeing the Dreamcast graphics for the first time? I, myself, I didn't have a lot of experience with the Dreamcast. Because everybody, <laughs> you know, literally everybody else just had a PlayStation 2, Xbox or GameCube. But when I did come across one first, I was like, what the fuck is this controller? <laughs> And then, and then I played Sonic Adventure and, and fell in love with the Chow Garden. And of course, but, uh, they did. They did of look course. great back then, though. I, I got a Dreamcast day one, Ooh. so I am with you. Uh, the graphics were spectacular. Yeah. First playing that game out of the box, it's some not something you get 
much nowadays in terms of you know laws of diminishing returns ever since i would say probably yeah. the hd generation ever Absolutely. since the years of war you're not going to get that again but dreamcast was was one of those times that just the jaw dropped you say sonic adventure that's really apt because it's so bright and colorful mm -hmm. and yeah. I, the other thing i can think of is soul caliber and how good that looks oh. in a fighting game yeah because it just it blew tekken 3 out of the water which was the gold standard up until that point yep yep and the in the dreamcast was uh those were like the start of where our uh, console ports of arcade games became either like they were they were nearly identical to arcade ports or arcade better. games or they were like yeah. better yeah, yeah. I only played a Dreamcast once, and we played Madden, and I was like, wow, look at these football graphics. These football ah. men look so real. Perfect. <laughs> Foot football men. <laughs> There's uh, a lot of other cool shit that the Dreamcast did that, like, I mean, it sounds, I mean, everybody said it, like, a million times before the Dreamcast was ahead of its time. Mm -hmm, but, mm -hmm. yeah, because it, it had the built-in modem, so as long mm -hmm. as you had internet, you could just pop it right into the fucking back of the console. No no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Just pop it in. Bam. You can play online. You can, you can use the web browser to, like, check your emails or some shit. See if your aunt, aunt Ida sent you more, like, puppy videos or some <laughs> shit. Did either of you use it online? No. I've used the web browser a couple times, but that's it. I actually, uh, if you guys remember a game called Tutu Rocket. Yes. 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 Yep. So that was the first game I remember playing on a console online. Nice. So that came with online functionality, and I was huge into Fantasy Star Online for the Dreamcast too. Ooh, hell yeah! Did you have the uh, the keyboard for it? Oh, oh absolutely! It... Dang, <laughs> you were so cool! Hell yeah! Typing of the Dead. Typing oh, of the Dead. I want to play that so bad, dude. Damn. You um, can get on Steam. I think. I think you can. Yeah. You can. You play it right now, Aaron. Just leave the leave the podcast. Go play it. Come back. Tell us how it is. Okay. <laughs> okay, I will. <laughs> oh yeah, and then the uh the VMUs, dude. That shit is just so cool. Just the uh little little Tamagotchi. Yeah. The wildest idea. Like like the the VMUs, this this is almost turning to a Dreamcast episode. I mean it is a failed console with a lot of cool features, but yeah. uh yeah. the the VMU, like it looked cool and it appears cool and like you look at the, the best thing about the VMU actually was looking at the screen if a developer knew what they were doing mm. and seeing like little status updates or if it had something that enhanced gameplay like in resident evil you would have your health meter that would be on there oh in uh, code veronica cool. yeah but like in terms of pulling it out and playing with it on the go those things would only last like a total of maybe an hour Ouch. and then they die <laughs> and then you'd have to replace it with two cr 2032 batteries in order for oh it to no again. yeah and they die quick, and you can tell when they're dead because when you turn on your Dreamcast, you get an annoying beep every single time you boot it up. <laughs> so bizarre! I love it. I love it. Yes, uh, has I'm, I was trying to think because you said the Dreamcast had a had a plug-in for an internet cable. Has did the Wii U have that on launch? Because the Switch didn't and the Wii didn't. So I'm trying to think if any Nintendo think, console even has. I think the Wii U does. Okay, so they they did it once. <laughs> right in front of me right now i can tell you in a second that's how ahead of their time uh, they were though i don't feel an ethernet port i don't want to turn it oh around. that's whack totally whack um oh and the uh and the dreamcast i for i don't think it had like a vga connection on the back but you could like you would convert it to vga for that sweet sweet 480p which at the time was mind-blowing because like, oh, this was so good yeah it's just nowhere near as good as 
1080p or fucking 4k or whatever but yeah back then that was that was that was awesome absolutely uh, what, what about you mr aaron what what is your favorite feature of a failed console i want to i want to go with we'll go with the neo geo pocket color because i just yeah. <laughs> i dig that thing so much it's just it's got the best design of any handheld ever Ooh. I'll, I'll i'll fight anyone to the death to defend <laughs> to defend that claim but um one of the coolest things is that just that as a as a handheld it had that sweet little little analog stick the little clicky stick that oh you could even click it, it in no i just like oh, it um you it, 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 instead of being like loosey-goosey like a normal analog stick it kind of like clicked around and shit gotcha but, uh, it was really good for those it was one of the few handhelds that had uh, a lot of like actually good fighting games like there was a lot of king of fighters and, and all that shit and yeah, it, it played those really, really well. Um, and then there was the, uh, you could connect, you could kind of going into our, the Dreamcast thing, you connect to the Dreamcast with certain games huh. and do different shit. Um, I think there was like SNK versus Capcom, I believe. Yes. And you could get, yeah, there, yeah, and, yeah, and you can get like different little bonuses and shit on there. And um, oh my God, and the battery. I, I looked, I'd, um, I had to look it up to be sure before this episode, and it can last up to like maybe forty hours. I want to say. Wait, really? Yeah, it, it's it's it ridiculous, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's impressive. Because I was gonna say, just looking at images, the colors look really, really bright, and they pop out. Oh. And there's no region lock, so you could import games from like from Japan and play them, no problem, no no goofing around. Oh, the I'm best like... one is to go the for the PAL copies because the PAL copies are usually a little bit cheaper. Oh. oh yeah it's just yeah I, it sucks that it i mean i guess it probably did fail mostly because of pokemon and everybody being like oh hey like if i gotta get in a handheld i'm gonna get a nintendo because zelda and, and shit but the neo geo pocket color like it, it had a lot of awesome games on it and it's just it's just so cool so sweet so cool <laughs> I've never played one. I, I I can't contribute. I, I I couldn't name a single game for the Neo Geo Pocket. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, Neo Geo Pocket Color, another console I got at launch because it was dirt cheap. Nice. And nice. I have one right now. I have a complete box copy of one. Ooh. Uh, Neo Geo Pocket Color. I have a couple games. I have a sealed Pac-Man because I don't see a reason to open it up because it's Pac-Man. It's Pac-Man. Yeah. <laughs> Pac-Man. I can play Pac-Man anywhere. But yeah, uh, SNK versus Capcom, uh, Match of the Millennium, is a fantastic fighting game. I think it's one of the best versus fighting games to come out, and it combines features. You can have a gameplay style of one v one. Yeah, the tag fighting that you got, swapping between fighters, and also the King of Fighters style, three v three, and all of that's in there. And you know, as as was said, you could connect it to a Dreamcast, and you can unlock characters both i think in capcom versus snk for the dreamcast and snk versus capcom on your neo geo pocket color through points and stuff that you collect so i mean the neo geo pocket color was doing some cool things you could re- get your horoscope read on it when Ooh. that game wasn't in there Boy, and definitely. yeah it was cool it had a, a live clock everything like that a calendar uh just really cool stuff uh i understand why it died because the game boy advance came out shortly afterwards and if you compare the way a Game Boy Advance looks to Neo Geo Pocket Color, I mean, and the Game Boy Advance too was was pretty cheap. So when you compare the the graphics to each other, especially with the backing, and that Neo Geo was essentially, you know, financially dead at that point, <laughs> it's pretty easy to figure out why 
you know, people didn't really flock to it, despite the fact that you would see them in like, um, what was it, blister packages, where you have a Neo Geo Pocket Color in six games. It made it look like a Tiger Electronics toy, which just oh, blows yeah. my mind. And those six <laughs> games, yeah. Like, if you were, if you knew nothing about video games, you would think like this was one of those, you know, like nowadays where you see those handheld electronics yep. and say, oh, it comes with Contra. You're like, <laughs> oh, this is just some cheesy plastic shit. Yep. That's essentially how SNK marketed the Neo Geo Pocket Color in the United States. And like oh, these would be big sucks. games too, like Sonic Pocket Adventure, King of Fighters R2, Samurai Showdown Pocket. Like they'd be all there. It's just like, I don't, this, this looks cheap as fuck. And I understood yeah. <laughs> why people would not buy this thing. Man, that sucks ass. Because, yeah, those games were just... I, I struggle to think of even, like, a bad game for the system. Because... Uh, no, never mind. I, I thought I had one, but no, they're all good. Even, like, the little... <laughs> the pocket golf game. There was Dark Arms. Mm-hmm. All the ones that they ported to uh, to Switch. Like, those are all so good. I'm, they're, they're, yeah, it's good. It's what about good. you, Chris? Yeah, your turn, Chris. Ooh, going for the favorite one. I, I guess I'm going to say the Sega Saturn. And yes. one of the best features about the Sega Saturn, especially from that era, because I'm not too much into fighting games now, but back then I was, is that four megabyte expansion cart that allowed yeah. you to play almost arcade perfect games in the mid 90s. And anyone who is a big fan of X-Men versus Street Fighter knows exactly what I am talking about because that is the only version of that game that was released during that era where you could at home play it the way that it was intended to play by swapping out your characters. Same with Marvel superheroes versus street fighter and what the Saturn could do for 2d games, especially with the four megabyte expansion slot was just utterly incredible. Not to mention that you could play online with the net link in the, in the back cartridge slot uh, had had uh, internal system memory, which is something Sega was doing since the Sega CD as uh, you were getting in most CD consoles, but like PlayStation didn't do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Nintendo 64 did it on the cart, but it didn't. It also required a memory card. You could pretty much play every game on your Saturn without a memory card. It did have a memory card, of course, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of features that were going on with the Saturn and you bring it up today and there's still Saturn haters to this day, which I don't understand because it is such a fun little console. All you got to do, and it's not hard, especially if you know how to mod your system, which admittedly is a little bit expensive, uh, depending on which route you're going to go. But you can, if you go to the import market, like that that system is just mind-blowingly incredible, especially if you love your shmups. And uh, with new fan translations coming out seemingly <laughs> monthly, there's, there's no reason to hate on that system. Like you owe it to yourself to go check it out. I can't understand why people would hate it because, I mean, say, I mean... Sega is kind of weird with how they they marketed things, but yeah, it, I mean, it, the the Saturn had, I would say probably the best the uh, best two D uh, processing of that era for sure. Because like then the PlayStation Absolutely. was was pretty fucking wiggly, and then the N sixty four was super muddy. But yeah, um, one of the one of my favorite things about that about that system was the uh, the audio visualizer for when you had a CD popped in, because like. Yeah. Normally the main the main menu was like a first person view of like the inside of this spaceship, and then when you there was like a certain control or a, a thing you could click on just around the audio visualizer in the CD player menu, and you would see the spaceship from like a I guess like a third person view or whatever, just zooming around the screen and doing like loop de loops and shit, and that's just 
That's so cool, dude. Because like the PlayStation One, I don't think it had a visualizer on it, but just the fact that the Saturn had that one little cool fucking thing just baked into the system is just so awesome. Mm-hmm. I I wish I had known about the Saturn. It it completely missed me and my whatever age I was. I didn't know it existed. I didn't know it existed until after it would already stopped being in production. <laughs> Sega just completely missed marketing to me specifically, I guess. That one, it, it sold a lot less than the N64, didn't it? I, I'm pretty sure it did. In the U.S. Uh, anyway. In the U.S. Yeah, I mean, total, it, it sold a lot less, too. But actually, in Japan, they sold more Saturns than N64s. Oh, wow. Holy shit. That's surprising. I did not know that. I'm trying to think of a transition, but I can't, so... <laughs> Pretend I'm saying it's cool transition. Um, cool transition. Actually, I I'm glad we got some of these out of the way because like I had one that I was like, this is a people can see this coming, and then I've got I've got a couple that are way out of left field. So buckle <laughs> up, listeners. I want to talk about. Um, wait, 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 okay. wait. We'll, we'll we'll do the uh, we'll do the Big Bang Theory transition where we just go like whoosh. Little, uh, like the atom and then the screen whooshes and for big bang theory now okay i don't know what you're talking about but I'll okay whoosh whoosh Go. um i want to talk about the image quality and uh, delay uh, input delay of the stadia google stadia oh because google stadia definitely failed it doesn't exist anymore but yes when it comes to cloud gaming i'm i'm a i'm a big cloud gaming guy i i try them all and the image quality and input delay of Stadia was like the tops of the ones that I tried. If if you're a person who there are many out there who hasn't experienced cloud gaming, it's it's not the best at times. Like uh, Sony's PlayStation Now for a long time only displayed at 720p for for all their games, which was Wild. that was muddy. I played all of Red Dead Redemption through that though, <laughs> and that was not fun. The delay was real bad. It it just doesn't feel good. And then. Uh, GeForce Now is really good. I enjoy that. But the the few times that I actually tried uh, Google Stadia, I was like, holy cow. It just feels like I'm playing this live on my PC. And that's a real technological achievement. I was like, dang, this is like incredible technology. This this could be it. And then they decided to make people purchase the games on their, on Stadia. You couldn't just bring your own games. And it was like, why would anyone, why would anyone buy that? And it failed or whatever. But... I, I have to commend them for, for the having the technology, making it work. Hopefully someone can, can come up with a better monetization strategy. And I also want to give them props for refunding everyone 100% for everything they purchased because they did oh, not have to do that. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yep, yep. I had a, I had a friend who, who actually bought the controller and everything, and, and he got his refund for the controller, for all the games he had, everything. Isn't, isn't the controller, like, really good, too? I've on other things. Yeah, yeah, I've heard say, of it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I don't like that it has like the PlayStation uh, stick arrangement where the two sticks are right there. But mm-hmm. other than that, yeah, it's um, I, I've heard nothing but good things about the controller. Like it's it's like as sturdy as a Switch Pro controller. Like it doesn't feel light or cheap. But yeah, it's it's a pretty slick little controller. Hmm. It's a pretty slick little uh, little technology they had. It's it's just a real shame that. They decided to try and get you know, a ridiculous amount of money out of it. I so, think I think that's going to be the future, though. I agree. That's that's where games are headed. I mean, you even look at Game Pass. Uh, Sony's already doing it, but essentially this could become Game Pass within the next five, ten years, too. 
where you know they just capitalize on that technology with more, fewer and fewer people buying actual physical games uh with the technology to be able to run game pass and other various sony you know methods of delivery through your smart tv that's yeah. that's where we're headed absolutely it's, that's the future of gaming that's certainly that... where microsoft is going to bring us there they have been set on this for a while that's what i was going to say too that uh there were I forgot if it was like a, a leak or if it was an actual like confirmed thing, but like apparently Microsoft's new console is just going to be basically like a Chromecast kind of thing, like just a stick that you pop into your smart TV and then bam, you know, it's the Xbox UI or some shit and then Game Pass and all that stuff right from your TV. But like that, that'd be kind of cool. Like, you know, I have to worry about anymore fucking. Uh, well, I guess it, it probably wouldn't connect to like a USB. It'd be HDMI. But um, yeah, that'd be kind of kind of cool. Just, just right into you. TV. Yeah, I An played it on your TV. Nothing plugging in. Your TV is Bluetooth compatible. Yeah, they were working on a on an app like that or on a, a stick like that, and then they're like, "Wait, we can just put an app on the TV. Let's just do that." Oh, um, that and, that uh, does it too. Yeah. <laughs> when, you, when you think about it too, I mean, like the specifications of your TV will only matter so much mm -hmm. because if everything's streaming, technically yep. you're just getting that image coming from a oh, server somewhere else. This in guy the world. gets it. This guy gets it. <laughs> so you that's, never have to worry about upgrading your software ever. I mean, that's actually sorry. cool. Yeah, that, that is kind of cool. Yeah, I played uh, I played Destiny two a bunch on GeForce Now, and just never having to download the game or updates or anything, just it being ready to go in a second is is awesome. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it sucks because I like downloading things. I like having things and True. not having to rely on internet. There's that is that's the downfall. But yep. I mean, it's it's where things are headed. Yeah, god damn, that is kind of cool. I um, I don't have a whole lot of cloud gaming experience underneath my belt, but I'd be willing to give it a shot. Like a little, little test running. And ah, uh, oh, fuck, I was gonna ask earlier too. So, what, what was the deal with Stadia's games? Like, you didn't actually buy them, so, or like, how did that work? So, there's a bunch of different strategies. Like, uh, Xbox has it as a part of their. Uh, uh, game pass ultimate so you can play any most games on game pass on the cloud like you don't have to purchase those games and um uh so everyone thought stadia was going to do like a subscription thing where you pay however much and you can play games or like geforce now it streams games from like if you own them on steam on epic on the ubisoft store you can stream them through geforce now and then stadia was like you have to purchase the games full price they're they're strictly stadia games like it's red dead redemption oh. on stadia so you have to purchase the stadia version of red dead redemption and it was for, that's whack yeah yeah mm. and then if you wanted it at the highest quality you also had to purchase their subscription plan oh god that so is it, that is bullshit yeah it was full price games plus a subscription they took the absolute worst route you could possibly take you know, it's that indie company Google that's really struggling. Yeah. <laughs> you know, get get its product to the consumer. Jesus Christ, uh, Aaron, you bring up your next one. I gotta go. Our our dogs are being loud. I'm gonna go get them to stop being loud. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, speaking of Jesus Christ himself, how about yeah. the Sega Nomad? Because that thing was just nuts. It's like a handheld Sega Genesis. Holy shit! It was a big, fucking, huge, chunky boy. But it was compatible with any Sega Genesis game, and it, they thought the little, little screen looked totally fine. And um, I mean, of course, it took like eighty million, hundred thousand batteries, but yeah, console itself looked just fine. It 
felt just fine and it played just fine and that's cool yeah. big boy just like that upgrade from the game gear which you know, was a consoleized version of the master system except you couldn't put your master system games in there naturally I mean, they have converters but yeah that was the good thing about the nomad it was you know because the sega genesis was a success it was the only way that most people thought that you could have a console on the go because in many in many people's mind it was the first one it wasn't and that's going to be what I'm going to be talking about after we get through this one. But, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the Nomad was a, you know, kind of a, a, a misplaced thing, you know, misplaced console in history, if you even really want to call it a console, because really good idea, but people were ready to move on uh, to the next yeah. great experience. And the, the Nomad didn't provide that. I mean, people had already played Sonic. You weren't coming out with new games for the system anymore because they're all there. So you would really have to be like, man, I want to play my Sega games on the go. And Game Boy Color wasn't out yet. Uh, Pokemon wasn't out yet. So the market was right for it. I think people weren't really into portable gaming, though. I don't, not that I could remember. But yeah, uh, yeah really sad. That thing came out in 95. Holy cow. Then, uh, Dang. The Saturn came out pretty close to that, didn't it? Uh... It came out, it was like out a few months before that. Oh, yeah. The Saturn came out also 95. Yeah, thirty-two X was already dead. And oh, uh, and the and the Nomad uh, had an AV, an AV output as well too, so you connected to your TV, which was that that's really it's basically like the Switch before the Switch, like that's mm -hmm. pretty fucking sweet. Well, yeah. What what was your next it's, one, Chris? It's Chris, Chris, it's your turn. All right. So speaking of taking your console on the go, Ooh. we I'm going to be talking about. The Turbo Express, also known oh. as the PC Engine GT, which was released five years before the Nomad. And it was in Japan, it was released on December 1st, 1990, uh, same time in North America. And it was, it looks like a Game Boy, uh, yeah. but it's a fully backlit color screen. And it can play all of your Who card PC Engine, well, it's region locked, but uh, all your Turbo Graphics Who card games. And you, you can play them on the go. It has the full controller, has the turbo switches, has everything. And yeah, it takes a ton of batteries and it doesn't last long. But just being able to take your home console experience on the go in 1990, uh, yeah. it was incredible. It was incredible. I got one a little bit later because I discovered the TurboGrafx-16 a little bit later. But like when I got mine, parents got it for me, I think, for my birthday. And it came with this uh, a converter. And it came with Street Fighter II Championship Edition. So I was able to play a, a full, no-compromise version. I mean, there's only two buttons. It wasn't able to get, like, a six-button controller on there. But full, no-compromise version of Street Fighter II Championship Edition on the go uh, in, in the mid-'90s. That's insane. I've never incredible. seen this in my life. Yeah. It's, it's a really cool system. It, just like the Game Gear 2, it had a TV adapter. So you could plug it into your Turbo Graphics, uh, or your your Turbo Express, and you could watch, you know, your your standard network television on the go. You can't do that anymore, of course, because we've changed the way that we, you know, put out radio waves for standard television. But yeah, you could totally do that back then. What? And incredible, incredible system. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at that right now. I had that uh, little adapter for a like a TV tuner. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. that's insane. It, you'd play games or watch like The Simpsons or some shit. That's that's awesome. Does this thing take six batteries? Yeah, just like a Nomad. Holy cow! 
Um, that's cool. Those what, those definitely were ahead of their time. That's that's awesome that, that those companies actually thought like that. Like, hey, what if what if people don't want to play it on this tiny screen? What if they want to play it on their TV? And I mean, yeah. Why why Not, did why did this guy fail? Why did it fail? Well, first of all, I don't know if it failed in Japan or not, that I'm not mm -hmm. sure. But I can tell you it failed here in, in North America because the TurboGrafx-16 failed in North America. Oh, so if fair. if the TurboGrafx-16 failed, there's no way that its portable version, that was probably like $300 competing against the Game Boy, which was 90 and had Tetris. Like, that's not going to be successful. I think the games for TurboGrafx-16 were also full-price games. You know, they were advertised as a 16-bit system. So they're going to be $40, $50, whereas the Game Boy is like, what, like $25 for a game? So Nintendo had the market quartered in terms of affordability. Um, I don't know what the market was like back then. I think, like, the economy, I don't, I don't know what it was like. I don't even want to get into that. Yeah. But... <laughs> what about the political? Like... What was the political situation like? <laughs> exactly. But these are kind of, you know, when you're thinking about how how consoles are why people are buying shit like why aren't they buying the 300 fully colorized uh, console experience against a 90 yeah. video game with tetris i mean that's always a question right but it's also you know here's nintendo and nintendo had you know seized the market with the nes and sega had really by 1990 sega was still not firing on all cylinders because sonic wasn't out yet so the genesis and the turbo graphics 16 like the genesis was doing better uh turbo graphics 16 probably would have done better too if you know nec in the united states had any fucking clue about how to market a system or ship it and that's a that's a, that's a disaster story if you want to look that up because the pc engine sold more copies of the sega genesis in japan oh. than uh so it was it was second place there so there was room to improve and that system came out in 1987 so like it didn't come out in the united states until 1989 and so it had two years to figure shit out and it didn't now i can kind of talk about the turbo graphics 16 here too because i mean it's also a failed console but one of the biggest reasons it took two years to get over here is because they wanted to spend like an additional six months or a year focusing on just the the rubber molding for the back cover that didn't even need to exist <laughs> it's just it's just a disaster and if that thing is going to fail, yeah, your your portable console isn't going to. The cost was insane. Mm. Uh, the life was was low. I mean, that's another advertising. Uh, that's another marketing boon that the Game Boy had was it could last eight hours on four batteries. And then you have the system that lasts two hours on six batteries. So, yeah, um, Jesus. that's why it's failing. And another cool thing, I don't know if you can do it with the Turbo Express, but I know you can do it with the Game Gear. And they both have TV adapters, so you might be able to do this with the Turbo Express. Let's see if you have like an aux cable and you have uh, essentially an AV out. So if you take your HDMI, you plug it into one of those HDMI to AV out converters uh, to make it component. And then you take your, your yellow cable, you plug it into that. If you have an aux cable that will transport video, you can technically play your any system on these portable devices. Oh. Through, an, through, through an audio in aux cable on these TV adapters. <laughs> what the fuck? That's you cool. can't use it with the controllers themselves, but you like you have to use an external controller. But yeah, I mean, essentially, it's a mini CRT on the go. <laughs> I just, I, I just love the idea that that this is this thing packed with technology that lets you play console games on the go, like does all these things. And Nintendo's like, this plays Tetris. And everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's like it's like when you get yeah. It's like when you get your kid a a, a fancy new toy <laughs> yes. and they just want to crawl in the box. <laughs> Jesus exactly Christ! It's like. Oh, man. Nothing's <laughs> nothing's cooler than a cardboard box though. Nothing. We're all cats <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> I can just imagine this fucking like somebody trying to do exactly what you described like they have this like octopus of like cords going all over their like house going to their tv into this little thing and like like hey mom i'm playing i'm playing uh dr robotnik's mean bean machine on my turbo express mom you never thought that day would, would, would come along did you also by the way i like how the code name for the turbo express was the game tank dude that's awesome oh that is good i didn't even know that game tank game tank it's like okay. it's tanky I, I didn't know if that was like if they meant like like a water tank like it could hold as many games as like a water tank, or like if it was like durable like a, like an army tank. I don't know. Obviously, obviously, yeah, it's durable. I was just trying to make a stupid fucking joke. <laughs> <laughs> game tank. Game That's tank. the name of the podcast now. <laughs> or the game tank podcast. That would be a good name for a podcast. Dang, we messed up. <laughs> yeah, we did. God damn it. Oh, it's man. never too late. That's true. Uh, we're, we're almost forty episodes in, but fuck it, let's change the name. We're gonna rebrand everything. New thumbnails. <laughs> oh god damn it! <laughs> um, speaking of things that uh that could have used a better name, yes. Oh. Speaking of things that could have used a better name, I want to talk about just the fact that the Ouya existed at all. Because, yeah. like, yeah. Imagine, imagine someone coming to you and being like, "We're gonna make a new video game console. We just need to crowdfund it." That's like an insane idea on its own. But they did it. They they crowdfunded a video game console, and it, it came out, and people were able to. They got it shipped to them, and they could play it. That's that's nuts. The the only people who make new consoles are like, you know, Microsoft, Sony, Google had Stadia. It was, it was just a group of people that were like, we want to make a, a new console and, and it's going to do things and it's going to have this controller. And it came out and it wasn't any good it, at all. But just the fact that they were able to do that is is insane to me. That And that controller is just so fucking goofy looking. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't it look good? Like... No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing about the console itself is good. The, there was just the, <laughs> the flat no <laughs> uh there was something there was I, I gotta look it up there was something really horrible about the controller i don't remember what it was so so talk amongst yourselves the, the, mm. the design uh, of the console reminds me of a uh of a car cigarette lighter almost it's pretty great the thing is too this was a big uh like it was a big media darling too like everyone was getting yeah. on the hype train i was on it yeah a lot of people were i mean i, I was always kind of skeptical most because like it was Kickstarter backed. I wanted to see how it did. I didn't totally understand the concept. It was also, I think, a digital only console, from what I remember. Yeah. Like everything was supposed to be downloaded to the shop, which I wasn't big into digital gaming at that time either. So it's like, okay, we'll see how it goes. And then as soon as that thing came out, like you couldn't, if it was a fart, you wouldn't even be able to smell or hear it. It just like <laughs> happened. Yeah. And then it just died. Yep. And um, it was amazing that it just, just kind of just turned into vaporware immediately. Yeah, yeah. I I re I realized what it was. So if you're looking at a picture of the Ouya controller, if you wanted mm -hmm. to change the batteries, you had to take off the right and left fit, like face plates, 
that go around the buttons and the sticks. Oh, and there would be a battery in each handle that you'd have to replace. Ew, that, <laughs> that, rem- that reminds me of the uh, of the Nokia N-Gage. Yeah. Fucking taco. In order to change games in that thing, you had to take out the battery. <laughs> Yeah. And then put the game in, and then <laughs> the put the battery up. back in, and then turn it back on and wait for like 15 minutes for that piece of shit to be up. <laughs> it, it, had, it had interesting ideas where it was like, there's going to be the play section, the purchase section, and the game making section. They were like, you can, you can make your own games too, like just on the console, which is a neat idea that did not work very well. <laughs> They weren't wrong. They they had the right idea for where the future of mobile gaming was headed. They yes. were just they just they they came in too early. Yep. And just yeah, they didn't understand it quite yet. Just the primitive days of mobile gaming. Yeah, absolutely. I, that... I, again, that's another thing where like today, if you were like, we're gonna introduce a new console, it's gonna run on Android, they'd be like, what? What? <laughs> but back then, it was like, oh, that that could work. I could see that. Like well, it was the, the whole thing was like I could see that, and then they made it. Isn't isn't Nintendo Switch essentially that? <laughs> yeah. Is that all it played was just like games from the Android store or from Play Store or whatever the fuck? Yes, yeah. it had it. It had a few exclusives, like a, a handful of exclusives, but yeah, they were all they were all phone games. Huh. So you could just. <laughs> Just on a whim, be like, hey, I want to play Angry Birds, but yes. on the TV. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Oh, you got it. You got it. You nailed it. That's that's the console. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on board. It, it has not worked out because every other indie console developer has, developer has attempted to do that. Uh, the Atari VCS, I think it yeah, was. Yeah, like, yeah, man. Android PC console thing. Uh, essentially, the Intellivision Amico, whatever yep. the fuck happened to that yep. crap. Uh, that uh, that was supposed to be essentially the same thing, except they're like, oh, it's going to be exclusive. And everyone's like, no, you're not going to be able to do it. But that's that's what they keep trying to do because it's probably cheap, right? To, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, take an Android operating system and you could essentially have an underpowered console, but you still have a ton of games that were compatible with that power because everyone, you know, indie developers, especially for the mobile market, probably don't have a ton of cash to have a premium title game so they're going to try and appeal to the lowest common denominator so you're going to have a bevy of games even on a somewhat older platform i would imagine yep so yeah i mean it's 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 appealing if you're willing to take a risk and understand that your console is going to be woefully out of date (laughs) as soon as you put it on the market yeah woefully (laughs) um that's why the this is kind of moving in a different direction, but that's why the play date is so appealing to me. Do you guys know what the play date is? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's got its own unique. It doesn't have games from other other stores or whatever. It's just like we we're gonna make a little tiny little handheld console and it's gonna have games you can only play on it. That's that's the that's a good direction. If you want to stay niche, I yes. think they have to understand oh, they're gonna be very niche. niche. Yeah. Yeah, because that was essentially the concept of the Wii U too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like these games will only work here on the Wii U, and everyone's like, "Yeah, okay, no." <laughs> <laughs> I love the Wii U, but that's that's the truth. By the way, I like that the uh, the uh, developer version of the Ouya is like is this clear white? Like I'm sold on that, dude. Give me that. I'll take that. <laughs> Worth it. I just want more. It's on uh, on Wikipedia, the Ouya developer console. Uh, why can't we just have more clear shit? Yes. Game game makers, give yes. me a fucking 
Xbox Series S that's it's clear yellow. <laughs> I I want it, <laughs> please. I'm, oh, it I needs to be electric green like those old Game Boy pockets. Yeah, I, I, I want the purple, the see-through purple. That's that's my yeah. dream. Oh go. my god, I I bought these. Uh, I bought this this pair of uh, Skull Candy wireless earbuds. Only bought them because they were see-through green. Nice. It, like I just I have to own it if it's see-through, dude. I just there's just a part of my brain that's like, hey, you need it. If it's see-through, that's a that's a good purchase, bud. You need to get you need to get those little circle Mac mouses that we had in school. Oh yes, the perfect <laughs> circles, dude. Yeah, one oh, clicker, man. baby. <laughs> how how is this thing so how are these so big in the 90s and then it just disappeared i don't know like transparent electronics was amazing they're yes. also like no you don't want that you they're want still black amazing or white and that's how you white need. and that's it <laughs> <laughs> oh dude and the fucking the dreamcast oh i guess that was 99 when it came out but that thing had a lot of different it was like cool Hello kitty version that was like see-through pink mm-hmm. damn and i wish i had that Damn. Yeah, Sega, Sega did that with like all of their consoles. If you really look yeah, into dude. it, did you see oh, the uh, the special Diablo Four edition of the Xbox Series X? I'm gonna do it right now. Okay. Keep talking. Yes. No, I want you to Google it and give me a reaction. All right, I'm looking it up. One sec. It's a what? Diablo Xbox. Yep. It just what? It just looks the same. It's the same. There's nothing special. What? What's the point, <laughs> dude? Come on. I remember like with the um. At least with like the PS4, they had uh, there was this bundle you could get with Star Wars Battlefront, I think, and they had like Darth Vader on the on the console, and that was cool. Yeah. Oh, the R two D two Xbox three sixty. Yeah. Oh, that shit was so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- there was another one. Um, again for the PS4, where I think it was like, yeah, it it was Bat one of the Batman games, but yeah, you had Batman on the console, and it was like a like a light gray, and that shit was cool. Bring do that. Do why aren't we doing that? God Come on, damn it. Microsoft. This is so off topic, but why don't we do that, dude? <laughs> Give me an Ouya themed Xbox. Oh. <laughs> Give me an Xbox. Plates. Bring back faceplates, damn it. Face <laughs> oh, shit. Who's, whose turn is it? It's yours. Because I brought up the Ouya like a maniac. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay, well, uh. I'll I'll skip this other one because I, I have a feeling Chris is going to talk about it soon. I'm going to talk about the Neo Geo Eight. By the way, should we do uh, an ad break? Yeah, let's do an ad break. Right? Let's. Okay. Everyone forget that Aaron said we we're going to talk about that. Pretend you're surprised when we come back. Yep, we'll be right back. Hey, hey, everybody! Do you need a, a quick, protein-rich snack on the go? Whether you're on a car ride or you're a trucker or whatever. Uh, hey, Jackrabbit Jerky is here. Jackrabbits. Jackrabbits taste pretty good when you when you smoke them. Yeah, Tommy. <laughs> I I always see jackrabbits when I'm driving on the road. And I'm like, gosh, I wish I could eat them and consume their protein, and now I can. Man, I wish I could smoke that rabbit and <laughs> eat it. <laughs> it's the Chris. protein. Yeah, I mean, you better get that jackrabbit jerky. Don't jack. Don't be a jack off. Get jacked up with jackrabbit jerky. <laughs> oh, this guy's so good. Damn, Damn, that's good. Holy shit. Okay. They come in they come in four jack 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 and off flavors. Um <laughs> there's green hatch chili, ranch, ranch, <laughs> original and teriyaki. Original. Flavorless <laughs> jackrabbit jerky. Jackrabbit flavored, dude. Yeah, uh 
let's let's uh, let's ask some of our satisfied customers. Uh, yep, it's it's Jackrabbit, all right. It's tough and it tastes like the desert. It's jumping. It jumps right off the tongue because it's a Jackrabbit jerky. Thanks. And for a very very limited time, you buy one, it'll hump like bunnies, and you can get ten for one one low price. Oh yes, and you'll get the Jackrabbit smokinator too for free so you can smoke your own rabbits and a, and a lucky rabbit's foot with the branded jack, jack rabbit jerky lucky rabbit's foot Holy shit, a certificate of authenticity from the rabbit we killed to make the jerky <laughs> and the logo is just a jack rabbit but he's smoking a fat fucking boy with with, a, with an eye patch he's got an eye patch he has one eye he has one eye because we ate the other one and put it in your jersey Miss, missing a foot too for the lucky the lucky foot. Oh, yeah. He's basically like a he's basically a pirate smoking a pirate. <laughs> he's a pirate. <laughs> Which uh, means Jack our Jack next Jack product will be jacked up, jacked off parrot to go with your <laughs> jacked up, jack off, jack rabbit jerky. <laughs> Holy shit! Hey, thanks for sponsoring now. us. Are we back? We're back. We're, We're back, back from that fever dream. Oh, that was good. Oh, man. Okay, video games. Uh, so yeah, my next one. There's another one, but that I feel like Chris is probably gonna end up talking about because he talked about it a second ago. I'm gonna go with the Neo Geo AES. I've never owned one because they're hellishly expensive. I never will. Mm. But it's just cool that in that day and age, you could basically have like arcade quality games in your home if you owned a fucking yacht or and made like forty thousand dollars <laughs> a year or month or whatever. I don't know, but probably month. Uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, uh, it was just it's just cool. Dick, it's uh, a fighting stick. It came with a with a fighting stick, and it's clicky. Yep. Whoa. That's basically what what SNK was known for was their their clicky sticks because it just made it's made fighting or it made any game that used that stick so uh, I guess so satisfying. You know, clicking to the left, clicking to the right. Oh, it clicks every direction. Wow. Looking every day and every night. This is this is the Tommy Google's consoles episode because I've never heard of this one either. <laughs> that that's really all all it does. I just I thought it was cool that you basically get like a little arcade machine at home because, I mean, when the fuck did it came out? Yeah, okay, ninety one. It's cool that like. What? No, what's cool? I was it's just cool that like in ninety one you could have, if you had enough money, you could buy a little arcade. You could buy arcade games for your home, but uh, I don't think anybody did back in those days because they're they're even more expensive now than they were back then. They were they were six hundred and fifty bucks uh, a console at That's launch a car. in the '90s. Yeah, um, I I always forget that, and I think it's interesting that there was like a a split between arcade gaming and home console gaming, where like home console gaming was behind. That's a weird thing to think about because yeah, yeah, you know, you know how it is. Mm-hmm. I or just like a little bit of it yeah well the games too they were like 250 dollars shut up yeah yeah these were these are only only uh oh, i guess you only owned this console like i said if you made like forty thousand dollars a month or, or i mean not even that it's just you had to have a lot of fucking money because the console itself is stupid expensive and then the games were stupid expensive um but yeah now they're even because so few people own them, they're just stupid expensive now. And 
Yeah, I mean, it's just it, it was pretty powerful though for the time. Ninety one, baby. I can't imagine why it failed. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, beats me. I I wouldn't call it. I mean, it's niche. It didn't sell a lot. Uh, to yeah. outright say it failed though, that's for me. That's difficult to say because it came out. You said ninety one, right? Yeah, yeah. And it was supported until like. 2001 2002 are you serious what yeah they're making Man. new games for it I don't, have you heard of uh, uh garo mark of the wolves fuck yeah dude that game came out in the neo geo aes oh shit like it didn't come to, to uh, arcades first no it came out to arcades first but that but that was the entire concept is that oh. you have your neo geo arcade machine uh commonly referred to as the mvs and that's only for the ones that yeah. had like multi carts so you could put like three or five carts or four and you could select them but what the innards of those arcades machines were the same as the aes that's why it's so expensive the aes was the arcade unit for your house so oh, yeah so when like every game that's in a neo geo arcade there's probably a home version that's identical to the arcade because it's the same machine essentially so they were they continued to make games for the neo geo hardware in the arcade into oh. into the early 2000s so yeah there's an aes version of I think uh capcom versus snk2 or snk versus i think it's snk versus capcom something chaos which was in the neo geo arcades and there's an actual aes version for that and if you know kind of the chronologic uh chronological chronological nature of things i can't say the word chronolog chronology i don't know chronology <laughs> there it is chronology i'm smart um uh that wasn't they didn't come out with snk versus capcom until 2000 so like they were still making new games for the aes and mvs for almost a decade later it, it says on this website called wikipedia that technical support mm. was still available until 2007 so they were still yeah. like supporting it technically <laughs> you know <laughs> that's nuts yeah so SNK's SNK's whole entire mantra behind the AES from what I mean, because I haven't done a deep dive on it, just like from uh, hearing about it in the periphery was that they it was a niche console. It was for rich people. It was essentially they're like, hey, if you really like our games, we can do this, but it's going to be super expensive and we'll market it to people who can afford it. And because they, they weren't really intending it to compete with the genesis or the super nintendo it was just like i mean if you want it this is for the, the crazy fans out there who have more more money than sense so and have at it it's yeah, it's interesting because i feel like if if a person was like wanting to play arcade games at home and they have disposable income i feel like people would more likely want to just purchase the arcade cabinet yeah but save space absolutely oh for sure but yeah you can play it on your couch <laughs> Man, what a weird world way, we the, live in. The way that uh, that SNK's cabinets worked, though, that was that was also pretty fucking sweet. The, the whole multi-cart things, having to have instead of having to buy like one whole fucking cabinet that just had one game, yeah, you could switch them out. You could. That was cool. Yeah. Uh, Chris. 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 Oh, it's up to me now. Well, I think I have to li deliver on some expectations here because <laughs> it's already assumed we're going to be talking about one thing and. If people are coming over here, uh, our community from the Retro Hangover podcast, if they're listening to this, they're just going to assume I'm going to talk about it, so I'm just going to do it. I'm going to talk about the Wii U. 
Yeah. 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 Everybody's <laughs> on board with you. Uh, I I love my Wii U. I think it's fantastic. Yes. There's a litany of reasons of why this console failed. But the reason it's cool, and I know this is almost like modern history, so huh. I don't think I'm going to be saying anything that anyone listening to this isn't going to already understand. But uh, asynchronous gameplay. I think playing Nintendo Land is a blast. I think having a map on your gamepad and having the game on your TV screen is extraordinarily convenient and a really fun and efficient way and effective way to play video games. Yes, I understand that you can get almost the entire library, almost the entire library of Wii U games somewhere else, just like you can with the Dreamcast. The difference is you can't play these games the same way you can play them on the Wii U. And they're yeah. more fun on the Wii U because of that. So the Wii U, fantastic. I know it sold like dog shit. I know Nintendo screwed it up by calling it the Wii U and not really clarifying that it was different from the Wii instead of like an upgrade. But anyone who's owned it, like this was my go-to console for years. I thought it would I thought the software and the quality of games crushed the PS4 and Xbox One when it was out at the same time of it. Because all you're getting from the PS4 and Xbox One were more boring, bland. <laughs> open world gray open world games with gruff gruff ptsd white dude with uh five o'clock shadow killing things because that's all you were getting on the ps4 and xbox one for like three or four years it's, it's I, I don't mean to interrupt but it's so funny you say that because because i had the nintendo wii and i all like as throughout that whole thing i was like i wish i could be playing the video games with the gruff guys shooting things that they're five o'clock shadow and so i sold my weed to get a ps3 for those experiences god i i agree though i i didn't buy a wii u until much much i guess later i, I bought one maybe in like 2021 i think secondhand obviously and yeah, I booted. I thought it's it's awesome. I like my yes. only my only one gripe with it is that sometimes you know when you're going from like say the home menu to settings or vice versa, those little loading screens, those kind of those those can eat my ass because sometimes it'll take like maybe like ten seconds, and I I don't have that kind of time. But I uh, yeah, sorry, go on. No, go ahead. Um, I just want to say when we talk about like. Everyone knows that the Wii U was a failure, and, and that's, like, when you think of Wii U, you think of that stuff. But I want to say, when it first came out, there was a ton of hype around it. And, like, with Nintendo Land being what it was, everyone was, at, at first, was like, this is going to be great. There's going to be so many incredible experiences on this thing that you can't get anywhere else. And that's what they were going for, and that's definitely what they achieved with those first batch of games. But then it just didn't have any any momentum at all. Yeah. Well, it yeah. wasn't as powerful as the ps4 it wasn't as powerful mm -hmm. as the xbox one um you know the the biggest thing is like when you're trying to compete with those companies uh you know there are people on there are playing call of duty and that's why they're there and all their the reason they're there is because their friends are there yep yeah and yep. no one no one was on the wii no one was in nintendo to play call of duty that's that's not what they were there for <laughs> no one was there to play grand theft auto because uh, it didn't have Grand Theft Auto. So when you're talking about where you're going to go to play at your friends and like Nintendo's like, oh, I have a cool system that's not as powerful as these other ones, but uh, we have cool new ways to play games. We're like, nah, dude, I, I want to go frag my friends for the 10,000th time. I, yeah. I had Call of Duty World at War on the Nintendo Wii, 
and one of my friends in my small town had it as well. Since there was no voice chat, we just had walkie-talkies in each of our house because we lived yeah. decently close together. That's how we that's how we played video games back in the day. <laughs> it's still how Nintendo wants you to play video games today. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Let's just make this a Wii U episode because I could talk all day about do it, this thing. Do it. Do oh, it. What did you like it. about the go Wii U? For it. Dude, so so first off, like the little like the little jingle when it starts up, like when it, like that when the home menu starts up, and then the little ambient background music. Oh, I love it yeah. so much! I wish the the Switch had anything resembling that. Because sometimes, like, uh, with with the uh, um, what the fuck? What am I trying to think of here? With like the GameCube or like the Dreamcast, like th- those are like I'll download the the background music for those on YouTube Music, and I'll listen to those while I work, and. That has nothing to do with the Switch, I guess. Just give the Switch some cool background music. I I have yet to play a Wii U. I've never touched a Wii U in my... No, no, that's wrong. Horrible. I, I played one in a Best Buy. I played Splatoon okay. in a Best Buy. I played the demo, and I was so like... So much fun. I get it. Yeah, I was like, oh, this feels cool. I like I like the... This This is really cool. And then I, I've tried playing Splatoon on the Switch, and I for whatever reason, it just doesn't hit me like it did in that Best Buy. <laughs> Because like back back then with the Wii U it was new and fresh. But yeah, yeah. I I still don't understand the entire uh, obsession with the the Switch. Just looking at the Wii U, and I, I think that that's probably because I'm a little bit bitter because I was big into the Wii U. I still kind of am. But like, man, this the Switch just feels like a more stuffy version. Yes, it just feels like it. It feels cheaper too. It. It just feels like everything just gets shoved on there without any love or care. Yes, like, oh, yes. To me, to me, the Wii U is de- like the Switch. Absolutely, would not exist without the Wii U. Like the Wii U was almost like a test bed for what the Switch became. But to me, the Wii U has oh, more yeah. of that Nintendo feel. It has more of that Nintendo love. Like this looks like a Nintendo absolutely. console where the Switch is like, this is a mobile platform, but it doesn't have that like. It's got a it's got an infrared camera in one of the Joy Cons. <laughs> like, that's that's not very Nintendo of you. Know, you know what the Switch kind of mm. reminds me of? It reminds me of like modern Madden, where <laughs> technically it should be better because it looks better, and they're telling you they're telling you like it has a new and improved roster and new ways to play. But then when you fire it up, you're like, what the fuck happened to all the features? Yeah, like the, no themes. Yeah, but it's new Madden. You just want yeah, <laughs> like. What what happened to trading players and and building custom contracts in franchise mode? Oh, we didn't think you needed that, so we didn't include it. That's what the Switch feels like. Yeah, like or when the, it came out, like where are my folders? What you wanted folder? Who likes yeah. that? Or just fun bizarre things. I mean, it it does have fun bizarre things like the Labo stuff, but like the 3DS was like, we got a 3D camera in the back, and here's some cards that you can the scan themes. to do some things. The 3DS had themes. It had themes. I want themes on the Switch. God damn it! That's literally that's, I've been asking for that. Aaron, since it's got a dark launch. mode and a light mode. I don't know what more you want. <laughs> They've sold like 130 million Switches. Yeah. They don't give a fuck about you and your themes. <laughs> they really don't, I, Aaron. Just <laughs> 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 hear me throwing my. Remember, remember when they turned Bluetooth headphone capability on? They were like, "Oh yeah, we've had this the whole time. We'll, we'll turn it on for you." <laughs> oh yeah, and and the fucking. You wanted that? And the, like, the little, little blue LED around the home button, they still have not used that. Like, what the fuck is that for, Nintendo? Why is it here if you're not going to fucking use it? What's the deal? <laughs> and then they still, like, everyone just wants a better graphic. They want to switch Pro. It's it's time. It's been time. And they're like, no, more more games. More games for Switch. <laughs> like, here, here's an OLED screen. Fuck yourself. 
Hey, look, if you want if you want a new Switch, stop buying the current Switch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's that's a hundred percent the answer, and I don't see it happening. Bring back Meverse. Also, I liked Meverse. Oh, yeah, Meverse that was, was great. So, it yeah, was just... even yeah, even that like the Mies exist on the Switch, but it's not nearly in the same capacity. It almost feels like they don't belong there. It's like so, their personality. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, you're all good. I was just gonna say the the Mies really only exist on the Switch to be used in like Mario Kart, and that's that's it really. It's just, yeah, and the Beamers, like, you can get stickers, you can put stickers all over the place and have little communities and, and talk about the game there. It wasn't, it was like little forums, I guess you could say. It was yeah. Some, I'm not exactly. a big Reddit guy, but from what I understand, it seems like a bunch of, like, little subreddits for every single game that's yep. in the, and, mm -hmm. oh. It was, so I, I didn't do it a lot on the Wii, on the Wii, oh, sorry, on the Wii U, but <laughs> I did it a lot on the 3DS, and it was cool because, um, yeah, like, you said it would just be like little almost subreddits of different games and people could like they could draw pictures of like whatever from yeah. from different games or they could post screenshots or just say or just type something to be like hey you know i like dragon quest eight and people other people would give like a thumbs up or they'd be like hey that's awesome man me too and then the wii u <laughs> i assume was the same way because you could draw on the on the gamepad because yeah. the gamepad fucking rocks it's got like everything in that little thing but um Meverse was just so cool, but then they were like, "No, we're just gonna, no, just you, you can just send it to Facebook or Twitter, bro. That that's fine. That's the same thing. <laughs> we right? don't want to deal not, with that. I just want I a Nintendo focused like social media thing. That's why Meverse was so great. Like people weren't negative and bitchy like they were like like I am in real life. I just Meverse. <laughs> I know this is gonna sound really stupid too, but they had these apps that would connect to your TV." um that you could comment at the very beginning and i might be this might be a fever dream of mine but you could comment on tv live tv shows while you were watching them on the wii u that's cool on the wii u yeah or like they had like sports apps where you could see like sports scores and stuff like that under your wii u as you're watching tv it also works as a tv remote the gamepad does fuck this is that's cool this is wild and you can like program it to sync up with your cable to dial in the cable channels i think i remember you could also look kind of like a tv guide with it if it was synced up well enough i might be wrong on that Ooh. one but it, it did a lot of cool stuff with tv integration which isn't as important anymore because no one has cable anymore for the most part so yeah. like but th th they were really cool features that i don't really think ever caught on and i thought they were awesome uh the other thing is too is like watching netflix or hulu or something like that is being able to swap between between the screens and go yeah. from your big TV and then put it over on the gamepad seamlessly. And was that I don't know, yeah. Refresh my memory, was that like a, a selling point right from the beginning or was so. that something that okay, cuz I I remember not really realizing that it could do that until later when someone pointed it out and they were like, "Hey, you could just play the game on the little screen." And I was like, "Oh, that's that's neat." I didn't Oh, I you couldn't aware. have Netflix and a game up at the same time. That would have been cool. Oh. Yeah, that would have been. But uh but, I mean, just the way that Netflix worked. I remember the way Netflix and, like, mm -hmm. Hulu worked and all those streaming apps worked. And it was my favorite way to do it. Like, the Wii U is my my Netflix box for a very, very, very long time mm -hmm. just because the way it delivered it. Like, it it was far superior to what I was getting on my um, my PS4, PS3, and Xbox. And that's that was the place I would do that. It also had, I think you could especially do FaceTime with it when it came out, too, because it has a camera on the gamepad. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like Another really cool thing too is that the uh, the Wii U worked native. Well, it was kind of a pain in the ass to hook them up, but it was it was basically natively 
uh, worked with like your your Wii accessories, like your Wii motes and nunchucks yep. and shit like that, and your Wii games. Granted, you had to like boot the. There was like a separate like, you had to click on like the Wii button to switch it into Wii mode. So it, it had like a ran like an emulation of the Wii uh, home menu and shit like that. But other than that, yeah, I played them, played them all just fine. And the Virtual Console was fucking nuts. Virtual on that thing. Console, like, yeah. It had like yeah. every fucking it has just a bunch of um of turbo graphics games that had neo geo you know of yep. course nes snes n64 it had ds games which mm-hmm. like on the wii u was mind-blowing like that was that was perfect because you know you have the two screens but i don't i don't see how they're gonna do that ever on the switch because oh, it's, yeah, it's too late they're not going like they've they've, they've set what they want to do like unless you maybe turned it on its side and played it like that, but uh, you have to have it in handheld mode. But yeah, sadly, I don't know if they will ever see um, DS virtual console games in like any way, but yeah, the virtual console was just, they, they had everything. They had such a good selection of games too, because this was before um, they had a lot of like different Capcom games and the like games from other publishers that are now doing, they'll, they'll do like the HD collections that you can buy physical and shit like that this was kind of a before that so there was a lot of those games you could buy and play on your wii u as opposed to buying a whole fucking collection for just one game but uh yeah that that was awesome that was awesome um, the wii is fantastic everyone it's amazing you it have. is speaking <laughs> really of is. speaking of companies understanding the vibe they wanted with their consoles i believe uh that the playstation portable is the coolest handheld it is like that thing at a time where the ds was like the dominant handheld whenever i saw someone with the psp i was like this is such a cool piece of technology it's just got a heft to it it's got like the the sheen on the front and the buttons and and when you pop the the game case thing open it's like you get a peek inside the technology and you're like dang look at look at all that technology in there and and just being able to play like grand theft auto and and all these other games i I I eventually got one in school and I felt like the coolest person in study hall when I just whip out my PSP before they said no video games allowed because <laughs> for a time it was it was fine. <laughs> I have to ask, why do you consider it a failure? Um, see, this is I was hesitant about this because the Vita is definitely more of a failure than the PSP. But I oh, absolutely. I, I I just I I considered them in the same lineage and I've never played a Vita, but it, it's kind of like. It didn't sell as much as the DS, I suppose. <laughs> I, it absolutely did sell. Just it sold fine enough for them to make another one, but I, it didn't, it didn't set the the world quite as on fire as I'm sure Sony wanted to, as as much as the DS did. But it's so cool. Yeah, I, I love my PSP. PSP. Oh are- man, especially the ver- or the the model that has the um, you can output it to your TV. Like that's that's just such a genius idea. It's just so cool. 2000 and 3000, I think, both models. They have yeah. AV out. Yeah. Yep. And, and what? No, no, you, Aaron. <laughs> okay, I, I was I was just gonna say, and the fact that they um, they, I forget what the fuck the show the shop was called. I guess it was just a PlayStation store, but they yeah. had a lot of different PS1 games that you could buy on there. That oh my gosh, dude, you could play Wild Arms. And fucking Legend of Dragoon and like almost every Final Fantasy and shit just like right there on the PSP, like in your pocket whenever you wanted. Oh, oh, it's and, so good. And if you bought them on your PSP or if you bought them on your PS3, 
they, oh, they yeah. cross-bought. Yep. So if yep. you got your yep. PS1 Classic on your PS3, you could download it on your PSP. Which you I did. You didn't buy it, which is something that Nintendo doesn't fucking understand yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's something that Sony forgot. <laughs> it's something Sony forgot. Oh man, I did that. I did that with Crash Bandicoot. It had a music player. It had a. It had a. You could watch movies themes. on it. Themes. It had themes. I I set my background to SpongeBob and Patrick. <laughs> UMD movies. UMD movies. Yep. It had like a I bunch remember. of. It had a bunch of internet settings that I didn't understand. It was like, do you want ad hoc mode or do you want other thing? I'm like, oh, yeah. I have no freaking idea. I'm just gonna pick one of these <laughs> till it works. And it had a. It had a built-in internet browser too, didn't it? Yeah, you bet it did. You could browse the internet. That's cool. <laughs> I remember. Oh man. Okay. So, the the one I have now, I bought off of the Facebook Marketplace. I remember when I when I took it home, and I was just going through it, deleting stuff. There was so many porn sites <laughs> in the history, dude. So best, much. Porn. The best way to browse porn, the PSP. Or you're not going to use a DS for that. <laughs> Why would I use my mobile you phone, dude? You can use your DS for that. You can. Yeah. <laughs> you could use the 3DS for it too if you wanted. <laughs> your opera browser opera opera oh, man. i i just i i just love the i still got my psp and i i got daxter in there right now and it still looks good it still plays surprisingly good oh yeah the uh the last failed console i have if you want to even call it a failed console i guess it's more of an add-on maybe but the uh, the n64 dd mm. i uh oh the double decker thing- it was a cool idea on paper, you know, bigger, bigger cards, more memory, more shit. You know, there's a, there's a, you know, built-in clock and like a, the cool yeah. UI and shit like that. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was a cool idea at the time because like, the N64 was just like it seemed like, a child's toy compared to, <laughs> compared to the PS1. It and did the absolutely. Like it had Banjo Kazooie and that's cool, but like what else do it do? But the N64 DD, like it, it almost could have been so cool. Cause like I'll, I'll bitch about Earthbound 64 until the day I die. Cause like it could have been so cool, and it, it just it could have been so great. But I mean, what can you do? It, it was it was a dumb. They I guess they implemented it kind of stupidly, but uh, whatever. N64 DD. R.I.P. Rip. Yeah, it did come out in Japan at least, and uh... yeah. Apparently, there's some good Mario Paint games. So, <laughs> and Doshin the Giant. Oh, yeah, that's right. Doshin the Giant. And a canceled Mother 3 game. Yep, yep, that's that's the one that I was just bitching about. Damn it. Yeah. Oh, cool. You, then, can still, you can still go to the original website on the via the archive.org so you can see the old. That's fun. Huh. It, yeah, it, it could have been cool, but, I mean whatever <laughs> damn it nintendo i mean if you're going to get it because i mean it does exist if you're going to get it you have to get it for f-zero though so you can custom make tracks yes and, oh yeah the expansion the expansion for f-zero x is is the reason to own a 64 dd other than that i don't think there's really a reason to own it um it had it had some potential but I just think it would have eaten itself alive just because I think by the time they had announced it, people were done with add-ons thanks to Sega. And mm, yeah. like who, who, who would have bought it if it did come out? Because you're still kind of fracturing the market. Even if they came out with the new Zelda. You know, and it, uh, which they're talking about. That and it came out super late in the N64 lifetime too. It came out in, uh, in Japan at least 
1999, so it would have come out in the U.S. possibly in like 2000 or some shit. So it was like, like it was right on the verge of the GameCube coming out almost. I guess the GameCube came out in like what 2003? 2001. 2001. Oh yeah, it was it was yeah. really really close. There's and, no point. Yeah, and when you see Capcom putting the entirety of Resident Evil 2 on one cart, I I don't think you need the DD at that point because you you have developers that have really learned how to compress video and audio you're not going to get the same quality that you're going to get from a ps1 but yeah. you're you're still going to get the entirety of the experience which is all that n64 owners really wanted so yeah i mean you could do some readable writable stuff and more expensive you know more expansive things that you could do with the console but at the end of the day i think it really at least for the japanese audience that bought like what like six games or something like that it's 10 games oh. uh to the extent of what it was it was just like a, a creative hardware for creative software yeah where you could create media or just additional things that for expansions to games as opposed to new games in and of themselves but we'll never know uh i i i don't think it would have been successful if they had I agree. I agree. released mother three on that on that system i'm reading uh um the 1998 page and it says, yeah, the Nintendo 64 disk drive can be used for future upgrades of games by providing new levels or characters. It's DLC, everyone. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's way more expensive DLC. Yeah, and I just so, want to I want to read yeah. this sentence because is that okay if I just read a sentence from a website? I don't see why it's not. This is under physical appearance. The Nintendo yeah. 64 disk drive's many ruggedized features include a locking bay drive door that will not open unless two small rails on the Nintendo 64 disk are inserted into it. This will keep little fingers and cookies out of the Nintendo 64 disk drive. Yep. <laughs> why, why? Why does anyone give a shit? Like, this is why... <laughs> How does Nintendo become as successful as they are with terrible marketing like this? <laughs> no. I don't... Uh, yeah. Hey, everyone, buy our system. You can't put a fucking cookie no in co it. No cookies are getting in this system. We've got the ruggedized features like a locking bay door drive. <laughs> Lip Biscuit's very upset at it because it can't take that cookie and what stick it sentence. up your... Yeah. What a sentence. I love it. What the fuck? <laughs> Nintendo. This is why, like, no one bought your shit until the Wii. And even then, people just wanted to fucking give it to Grandma so that she could play bowling. Grandma or some loved shit. the Nintendo Wii. <laughs> Grandma loved it, man. But then, I, like we saw, didn't. like yeah, their marketing is fucking terrible, man. It now is. they have Reggie Fizeme is is gone. Yeah, I miss Reggie. Yeah, I mean, he, well, he, he was, was there fun. during most of that shit, but still. Oh man, what was what was your last one, Mister? Well, if if you had more, just pick one more. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know what? I'm going to go completely niche here. And I am going to talk about the Wonderswan color. Yes. So uh, I, I got a Wonderswan color way back. Um, me and my dad went to Japan. I think this was in 2000. And I might be wrong in the day. I think it was in 2000. I think I also got a GBA while I was there. Before it came out in the United States. I got with F-Zero. But uh, I got a Wonderswan color. And I got it with Final Fantasy because that's when Nintendo and Square were mm -hmm. still on the outs and they hated each other. Well, mostly, yeah. Square said they were going to play with Sony and Nintendo told them to go pack sand, so they packed a lot of sand <laughs> and made a lot of money. But they uh, remade the original Final Fantasy for portable systems. They remade it for the Wonderswan Color. And that was the first remake 
of Final Fantasy other than I think uh, Final Fantasy Origin for the PS1. I don't know which one came out first. But uh, yeah, I mean, here is the original Final Fantasy portable. Looks really good on a screen that was really good looking. And it was competitive with the Game Boy Advance. It mm -hmm. only took, uh, well, I mean, in terms of quality, not in terms of sales, the Game Boy Advance completely killed it. But uh, you look at like what it has on it. So it has one battery that you can, that lasts for like 20, 15 oh, to dang. 20 hours. Just one AA battery. Wow. Uh, it looks weird because it has uh, two D-pads on the left side with an A and B button on the right-hand side. And the reason that it it's designed like that is because if you have a shmup, it's designed to put it into Tate mode for a vertical shmup. Oh, that's so interesting. Yes. Uh, designed by Gunpei Yokoi, who, mm -hmm. as many people may know, also designed the original Game Boy, also designed the Virtual Boy, but well, let's not talk about that one. And... <laughs> Uh, it's just, it's a really cool, compact, tiny system. Uh, and if you look at the amount of games that came out for it in Japan, you'd be, I think, relatively shocked. Square supported it quite a bit. There is a uh, Saga game. I think a couple of the Saga games were remade for it. Romancing Saga, I think Front Mission came out for the Wonderswan over there. Uh, you have some, some fighting games. I think there's a guilt version of Guilty Gear. You have some versions of Klonoa. I think uh, Mega Man and ba uh, Mega Man and Bases, you know, Rockman and Forte came out for it. I might be mistaken oh. on that one. I think maybe. Uh, there's there's a whole host of games that came out for it in Japan. A bunch of Inuyasha RPGs. Um, a lot of RPGs actually came out for it, but it, it couldn't compete against the Game Boy Advance. Uh, Bandai made it, so them bringing out North America, I don't think ever would have really made a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. uh, sold a couple million units over there in Japan, though, but never left the region. And so that's why I consider it a failure, because yeah, no one played absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I have a copy of Final Fantasy 1, 2, and 4 for it here, and uh, they, they play really well. I mean, the sound chip sounds like shit, but I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, other cool features about it is that it could connect to the internet of through course. something called like the uh, uh, connect to the cell phone. So it would plug into the system through a side auxiliary jack and plug into your cell phone. What? You can upload stuff. And also had uh, commercial development kits, so people oh. could make their own games for the system. And that's actually one of the most expensive games. is called Judgment Silver Sword, which I think is a tribute to uh, Radiant Silver Gun. Again, this is nice. just, just figuring out, uh, just putting everything together. But really good shmup uh, that was fan-made that came out on the Wonderswan color towards the end of its life. So a lot of cool things going on with the Wonderswan. It was just made by Bandai, who wasn't publishing software anywhere else and just came out the wrong time when the Game Boy Advance just kind of took the world by storm. I'm I'm surprised at how small it actually is. When you when you just see pictures of of the system itself, my brain automatically like thinks iPad size because it's kind of thin. But then I see it in someone's hand and I'm like, "Oh snap, that's like Game Boy size. That's tiny." Oh yeah. Uh game game cartridges look really cool too. Uh they, they look like They look uh, terrifying. Seeing all the, <laughs> seeing all the the metal uh, whatever they're called just dangling out of the bottom, I don't like that. Well, what? they came in like protective shells. So. Oh, okay. Maybe it's just me looking at them wrong. No, you're looking at it right because if you don't have them, you know, protected well, yeah, I can uh, understand why you'd be terrified. The boxes oh, are really. Oh, cool, I love them. I see what you're talking about now. Yeah. What a neat little thing. There's there's so many there's so many systems that that just got forgotten so quickly afterwards that like I. I'm I'm always surprised at, at how many consoles I just don't know about, which is nuts because I played games my whole life. Oh man, they have Hunter Hunter games on the Wonder Swan. She, 
Oh yeah, a lot of anime games. Bandai made that shit, dude. So like they're oh, putting all their IPs on that thing. I see a they Digimon game. Oh shit. I see a Digimon game, Aaron. Oh. Oh, <laughs> I gotta buy one of these. Damn, they, there's they a really lot went of up Digimon in price. Game. They they used to be super cheap. Um yeah. this I'm one kinda is... upset because they had custom they had special editions for Final Fantasy one and two. That came out and never got on them. They used to be like fifty bucks. Now they're like two hundred. It's like oh, fuck me. I don't want to say this out loud. Well, no, this isn't going to air for a week, so you'll have a week, Aaron. I see one that is clear green, see-through green, for thirty-five dollars on eBay. Plus twenty dollars yeah, shipping. All... Is it a Wonder Swan or a Wonder Swan color? Wonder Swan clear crystal green console system console system <laughs> tested work, but <laughs> I can't see the rest. <laughs> because okay because there was uh the reason it's called wonder swan color this one because, i don't believe is color yeah the, there's the version before that was only black and white much oh. much like the neo geo pocket color there was yeah. the neo geo pocket that didn't leave japan and only plays games in black and white one battery that's nuts one battery wow. one battery it lasts 15 to 20 hours holy shit yeah well, i guess it is uh i guess it isn't backlit so that... no that's still that cool, is a though. downside but neither was the Game Boy Advance when it came yeah. out. That's cool. Um, oh, I see the green one. Oh, it's delightful. <laughs> it's delightful. Herbert <laughs> Melon. That's the name of the color. Oh, I love <laughs> Oh, man. That was uh, that's good. That's good. That's, anyone else have any, any, uh, any last things they want to throw out there? I, I apologize for dipping out. Uh, fuck. <laughs> We were supposed to go to Cheyenne's grandma's for Easter. And then she said she didn't want to go. And then she was like, while we were recording, she was like, no, wait, I do want to go. <laughs> uh, and then and then this person bought some DVDs from us because we don't use DVDs because, I mean, it's yeah, yeah. 2023. Uh, and I couldn't find the boxes. And I apologize for <laughs> that. But throw I'll, the I'll discs at them. <laughs> like Ninja Stars. <laughs> oh, man. So that's it. Uh, every other failed console. Wait, what, about, what? what about Chris? He did. About Chris? He's talking about the Wonder Swan. Yeah, Wonder Swan. Oh, I meant like, oh, no, I thought you were asking about like last last remarks or last words. Never mind. Yeah, Never mind. yeah. If anyone had anything that we didn't talk about yet, I'm sure there's more, but yeah. we got plenty in there, so that's yeah. good. Yeah. But, but if we didn't if we didn't talk to them then about them, then that means that they didn't have anything good. That's that's how this podcast they works. Suck. Yes. They are awful. <laughs> and if you need one, you just need to pee on it, or you know, or make sure it's really clean, especially if it's a good condition, and send it to me. <laughs> <laughs> or smoke it, smoke it and eat it, just just like jackrabbit jerky. Stop. Everybody, we can't, yeah. we can't go back. To trademark, that. trademark, trademark. <laughs> Make a sandwich with some jack jackrabbit jerky right between it and eat it between two consoles. Yes, dude. So oh, tasty. Oh man. Uh, thank you, Chris, for being on the show. Where where can people find you and your podcast to listen to you talking about retro games? Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on once again. I really do appreciate it. And if you want to find more of me and the Retro Hangover podcast, you can head over to Linktree slash Retro Hangover, which is linktr.ee slash Retro Hangover. And you can pretty much find wherever we are on the wherever we are on the Internet, because we are all over that social media, uh, whatever that is worth. I can't even tell you where the best place to find us is at. Uh, I heard on your last episode, you're saying like no one's on Facebook anymore. Yeah, that's pretty much abandoned for us, too. Uh, so if you head over to uh, like Twitter, Instagram, we are there uh, and uh, we'd appreciate it. Also, we're coming out with a new series on April 18th called The King of Games 1992. Ooh, wow. And uh, that's available to all of our patrons, but it's coming to our main feed on April 18th. So stay tuned for that. 
And uh, oh, word of warning: if you do listen to our podcast, I get quite loud within the within the first couple minutes. So uh, <laughs> I'm sorry for blowing open your eardrums, the, but you've been warned. Do you start each episode with the two minutes hate? 1984 minutes reference, hate. everyone. I'm referencing a no, book. We, <laughs> we we put all the games through struggle sessions, and, and that's what we do. And uh, we just shame them. No, I I say Dick Dragon very loud. Nice. Yes. <laughs> um, Aaron, Aaron, I forgot to ask about our socials earlier. Do you want Do you want to do that now, and then we just edit it in? Yeah, I, I, we can just we can just leave it. Alone. Okay, okay, let's leave it. Um, where can, where oh, yeah. can people find us, Aaron? People can find us. Yeah, just uh, open up whatever browser you have, the one you use to go on the black, the dark web, or whatever. Your PSP. Uh, pop. You have your your PSP. Uh, clear clear history. Uh, leave that porn site. We're going to superpodsaga.com. Uh, you won't find it. You won't find any uh, any cool porn there. Nope, it's nope, all podcast. Sorry. It's all Aaron and Tommy all the time. <laughs> um, well, yeah, you can find all of our socials there. Our uh, Twitter is our main one. I apologize, I don't use Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok, but we're all caught up on on YouTube finally. Uh, you can join our Discord. Um, you can find our Patreon on the donations tab. Which holy shit, I put a huge JPEG of a person. Dropped me a quarter into a donation jar. I didn't realize it was that big. I apologize. <laughs> but uh, but also a uh, quick shout out to our patrons. Novel Console. Chris was on our uh, episode about our favorite remasters, remakes, and reboots. He's awesome. He was funny. And also my good buddy Jared. He was in our, our episode about our um, games we want remastered. A good friend of mine. He's awesome as well, too. That's and right. We have two patrons. We have doubled our patrons since last time. We are rolling in money. That's right. Scrooge McDuck in that shit, you might say. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Uh, what are what are we going to talk about next week, Aaron? I've, I've stewed it over a bunch. Let's go with like our let's go with our favorite video oh. game cover art. There we go. Ooh, that's a good one. There Ooh, we go. That's a good. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. My brain's rattling around right now. I got to write things down. Um, okay. Look, look forward to that, people. Uh, thank you again, Chris, for being here. Check out his podcast and Thank you for listening to our podcast, and you should listen to the next one. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.